Welcome to Squishy Lean, where you can gain confidence to start improving immediately. I'm Amanda. And I'm Dominic. And we've created a safe space to set you up for success, no matter what industry you are in or where you are in the world. There are no hard corners here, no stupid questions, and no wrong answers. Hi team, we're back. It's Dominic and Amanda here with Squishy Lean. And today we're gonna be talking about process mapping for improvement versus documentation. Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Excited to talk about this topic. It's a hot topic for sure. It is. And I feel that um, with the combination of the jobs that I've had and the jobs that you've had, I think that we'll still have different but meaningful opinions on improvement versus documentation. So I have an idea where I think this is going to go. Let's see. Sounds good. Um, Before we get started, just to do a really quick recap, the previous episodes talked about all the different ways to do process maps. We started with the SIPOC. That's the high-level version of the process map. We went into a swim lane diagram. We talked about the level of detail that you can go into in a process map, which the third level of detail, um, digging down into that, is the how work gets done. So we've hit a lot of different levels Mm -hmm. um, to explain how a process map can be very general or very specific. Now we're going to talk about how you can use that in two different ways, improvement versus documentation. Amanda, do you have one that you want to pick or do you have a, a an opinion that you want to say before we get into this? I mean, I have a pretty strong opinion on this okay. one and it's definitely one, you know, at organizations that are using um, kind of those different levels or doing a lot of process documentation. I think, um, you know, I think um, frameworks like BPMN, I believe it is, I have some specifics around this, but uh, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily in their same camp. To me, the process mapping for improvement versus uh, documentation is very different. Um, the things that I'm looking for the uh, ways that I'm putting data up, the quality of the process map are all going to be very different. And my interest in making the the process map perfect when I'm doing improvement is very low. Uh, My goal is not to have a perfect process map. It's to have uh, good conversations, to identify rework, to identify handoffs, to identify issues within the process, uh, those rework loops, those things that are not the happy path. Whereas for documentation, it tends to be the happy path. Uh, Where do you fall into that? I agree with you. Um, The happy path to me makes me think back to ISO audits and documentation that we had to have to show this is the exact process that needs to be followed to ensure safety, to ensure that this bolt is torqued to the right foot pound or something. So yes, it's very cut and dry, black and white. This is exactly what needs to happen and when, if you're doing it for documentation. Um, There's a lot of extra referencing as well. Mm -hmm. So there's pictures, um, sometimes links to different files that you would have to put in. And I don't, and I'd like to see if you agree with me on this. I think sometimes it's difficult to really understand the whole flow whenever you're looking at a process map for documentation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes there's levels that connect it all. 
you might have a SIPOC that starts off in that, like a more documentation specific SIPOC that starts off with, um, this is the general process that you think that you're going to get into that if you're reviewing this process, and then there's a deep dive down into exactly how that process works so that somebody that is looking for specific things, like I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. uh, like torque values or something specific that is supposed to adhere to a standard, they can see that in that specific spot. So I just remember like pages and pages of Excel files with small pictures that I have to circle things and use arrows to point to, and then have another arrow pointing to the Newton pound or the Newton meter yeah. work, things like that. So um, very, very specific cut and dry black and white. These items have to be here. And what strikes me with that and, and the visual that you paint for us is I don't see a lot of opportunities for improvement when I'm looking at it in that perspective, right? When you're looking at it from that documentation perspective or for that ISO audit. Yeah, from that lens, I agree with you. No, but you and I are the same people that were working on that process maybe in a Kaizen the week before or you were mapping that out with another coworker and thinking to yourself, we could really improve this process. Or if our tools were five S a little bit better in this space, maybe we mm -hmm. could reduce the waiting time or reduce some of this um, time where somebody has to make a decision hesitation time. So I see that process mm -hmm. and I know that there's multiple dimensions to it, but the dimension that yeah. we're looking at the face we're looking at. Yeah. We're not looking at improving it right now. We just need somebody else to be able to read it and go through that process the right way. Yeah, and I think uh, definitely like the purpose for what you're making it for um, is significant there, right? Is you're making it for a specific audience. And in the same in the same kind of vein, you're making it from a specific perspective. And so, uh, you know, the opportunities that you see for improvement when you when you go at it from a documentation standpoint, you may see those places that you can perfect which is fantastic if you've eliminated the waste. And I think in manufacturing, that might might even be the case more that documentation or, or kind of that type of process map could still point you in areas for uh, improvement. But definitely in non-manufacturing environments, I think what we tend to do is we do the process map uh, on the happy path. We don't go and see the actual people that are doing the work. And so we don't see all the rework loops and the waste. Like the process is not representative of 80% of the ways that it's done. That makes sense. I see what you're saying. Now. Whereas do you think in manufacturing for the most part, people are following that process? Yeah. But in the back of my mm -hmm. mind, I'm thinking of things like tolerance <clears throat> stack ups. I think that's the equivalent. Yeah. Like there are times where you want to follow that process, but something doesn't fit together the exact way you want it to. Or mm -hmm. you may just run out of one extra screw in your bin of parts and you have to wait for that last screw to put into the to the assembly or the chassis. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the majority of the time that is the way the process works. But you could get a couple odd pieces that make you go the long way uh, through that. Yeah, path. yeah. And I, I will say from my perspective, you know, I generally come at this from a DMAIC perspective. 
And in define or measure, if we do a process map, fantastic. But if we're going to use that for analyze, then we want to make sure that we can start seeing that waste, that rework, that we're getting numbers to our decisions. Like what percentage of the time is it yes? What percentage of the time is it no? How mm -hmm. many seconds or minutes or days or weeks does it a take metric, for the different something steps? Like tangible yeah. that measure that you can see the improvement for whenever you exactly. do change. Yes. Exactly. But then as we go through um, improve and control, now we're talking about something different because then you have the question of do you map a future state? And that future state is really more of something that would be in line with documentation, right? So that future state may look more like whatever process mapping tool you're using mm -hmm. as an organization to manage your processes. And it may be something where you need to go in and update that, um, that documentation that you have on file with the changes. Yeah. So even, even though I say like, I would say document um, process, process mapping, if I can say process mapping for improvement in define, measure, and analyze, to me, is very different and should really be based on going out and doing observations mm -hmm. and understanding exactly what's going on. But process mapping in uh, control or improve are going to be more aligned with documentation and may need to include an update to current documentation. Yeah. The only other thing that I want to say now on the improvement side of the process mapping is similar to what you were just talking about with what we were talking about with the metrics. Um, as you're going out and seeing how the process happens, it's important to take as much notes as possible mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so that you are recording pieces of those metrics. Because sometimes, um, for example, when you're doing motion studies rather than time studies, if you can document that process and you're, the goal is to do it for improvement, and you're tracking the motions that are happening, but you're also giving detailed notes as to why those motions are those motions, you could easily reduce the steps for a certain task, reduce spending for a certain task, and show a huge improvement um, because you have that, that extra note um, that somebody had to bend to get this, and then somebody else in the room might say, well, you don't even have to bend to get that. We can put that on a different shelf or on a different rack mm -hmm. so that they don't have to bend to get that. Or, I had to walk extra steps to obtain this piece to help me grab another piece. Mm -hmm. We could just put multiple of these um, like grabber helper sticks um, out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that could reduce that walking. So I think it's important to, yeah. if you can try to describe the process that's happening um, in ways that enable metrics to, to just show themselves. Yeah, and sp spaghetti diagrams and time studies are excellent yes. ways to do that. I, the other thing that I would encourage there is, you know, we talk about these things a lot in physical workspaces, but there are ways to monitor that movement in our virtual spaces as well. So there's software that we can use that can count the number of clicks or task switching. Mm -hmm. uh, what I usually do is just draw a circle, and then each time they go to a new application, I add that on the side of the circle and I connect those with how many clicks between those different items. So kind of a ah, spaghetti map that, that you can do kind of digitally. just on the fly. That makes yeah. Sense. Because um, in the same way, <clears throat> sometimes you see people are clicking and 
ungodly amount mm-hmm. <laughs> on these different things. And you're like, why is this necessary? Whether it's like scrolling to the side or down. Um, but those are things that you would have never had come up had you just done the activity Correct. in the room. And, and in the same way, you can even do a simulation usually with these. So let's say you're putting in invoices or you're processing invoices. Mm-hmm. You could have somebody that does that do it in your session while you do the process map. Right? So like a lot of these virtual spaces as well are these virtual environments that we work in we actually have the chance to see some of those actions more so or more easily than having to actually go out to a warehouse. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's really important. Yeah. That we, I, I don't think we can emphasize enough going to Gemba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, that's where Maybe we're just super on the going to Gemba train right now. Huh? We're like, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But, but seriously, that's, that's where you observe the real hazards that, prevent somebody from doing a task in a smooth and efficient manner. And it's right in front of your face. You can fix that road hazard and that associate can do that much better on the job the next time because it's not there. Like preventing those road hazards um, goes a long way. So the the part that I don't want to stray too far away from, I don't want to get too much into industry. If somebody listening Mm -hmm. to this is not Mm -hmm. in industry. Um, I was trying to think while you were talking about something that would be a good parallel for documentation mm-hmm. if somebody was not in a manufacturing realm and they were just trying to do this in daily life. Sometimes mm. I think about <clears throat> like when somebody else drives my car, I'm not saying that I'm the big bad ISO auditor or <laughs> I'm looking for somebody to, to follow my process. But uh-huh. sometimes I would like to have a list somewhere and the reason I'm thinking of this is because I get a lot of rental cars every week to, ah, to travel for yeah, work. Yeah. So every a time I go in, too. I go through this entire documentation process of, I need to know that the side mirrors and the rear view mirror is set up right, mm-hmm. that my seat is There's at the right no level. Scratches. That Yeah. Or yeah, actually, wait, let's start there. I can walk around <laughs> you there. got to do the walk around. I got to do the Sometimes walk around. Sometimes I even record it with yeah. my phone. So because you don't want to get caught for something that wasn't your fault. So yeah, do the walk Mm. around. Once you get in, just so that you know you can drive the vehicle, if it's like a brand that you haven't driven yet, you have to make sure that you know which side is the windshield wiper, which side Mm -hmm. turns the high beams on. So I have to check that stuff while I'm sitting in the garage. Like, okay, let me like map my mind to these things right now. (laughs) My mirrors are right. I know where the buttons are. Now I can actually push the button and go. Mm. And it's, it's a whole process that I have to go through every time that, would fit on the front and back of a note card. Um, it's just yeah, and because everything in the car is so different. It's funny that you use that, um, that you kind of switch our mindset to this. Because uh, when you started that, what I thought of um, was Ikea furniture. Okay. So like when we go pick up a piece of furniture, like when you pick up your rental car, there's like a list, right? There's a this is step one, step two, step three. And for you, you know, maybe with the rental car, um, that list, well, quite often they have a pamphlet 
that mm -hmm. says, you know, step one, check the car. Step two, you know, uh, adjust your mirror. Step three, drive to the kiosk and, yeah. you know, finish the checkout or whatever. But, um, you know, in the same way, you buy Ikea furniture. It's got step one, step two, step three, uh, which is fantastic, which is great. That's our documentation, right? That's the happy path um, <laughs> instructions of how you're going to put this together. But if we mapped how you actually put it together, that would be very different. Oh, yeah. Right? So it would be interesting, even like something simple that has two or three steps to put together. The difference between kind of those steps that they tell you versus how you actually did it. Like yep. how often do you put on a shelf and then realize, oh, there's a reason this is step six and not step two. <laughs> Yeah, that actually happens to me a lot. And sometimes yeah. with the IKEA furniture, you can't make a mistake because no. the the quality of it's a, it's like a one time assembly type of quality. So like, yes, once that absolutely. screws in there, that's it. So it is really important to make sure that you follow the directions. You have your space set up the right way. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's a that's a really good way to think of that. So for anybody yeah. that isn't in the the technical field aspect of manufacturing engineering or mm -hmm. something like that. You're going through this every single day. Yeah. Every single time you bought Ikea furniture um, and you went to put this together. Or borrowed your car. Yeah. Or borrowed or somebody else's car, and, car. <laughs> and it started raining and you didn't know how to turn on the windshield wipers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it. I mean, in Schitt's Creek that happens, right? I, I don't know if you've ever watched that show, but in Schitt's Creek, um, the dad, he borrows a truck. Uh -huh. And he brings it back and, and the person says, you know, you, did you fill up the windshield wiper fluid? Did you do this? <laughs> did you do that? Right? Like my expectation is that you did all those things. But I mean, that goes back to voice of the customer too, right? Or, mm -hmm. or your suppliers and your customers and why it's so important to do things like side pots and, and ask them what the value is in the process so that you are doing the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, what do you think, Dominic? What do you think people can practice this week to get better at this skill? I think we have to find a way to put them in the zone of watching a process that they think is simple, mm -hmm. but whenever they see somebody else do it, there's a lot more to it. Mm. What about like paying an online bill? Or um... yeah, because I think that that actually, mm -hmm. if there's a if there's a way that somebody has to like. I would say like all of the bills for the month because sometimes mm. certain ones can be paid with credit cards. They have to, other ones have to be paid with bank accounts. Some you can log in online with like a pin. Other ones might mm -hmm. be on your phone. If you mm -hmm. watched somebody that you knew, a parent, an aunt, an uncle, or whoever pay all of the bills for a certain amount of time yeah, and just saw the different processes that went through to pay those bills, that is, that is a really, really good one, Amanda. It might sound as simple as like push button, get mortgage. Like you, you push this button and then it's paid, but it's not. And you can start to see some of the product groupings. Like mm. these six bills can be paid this easily through an app. Whereas these ones you have to log in and the website looks like it was made in the early 2000s. Like that, that type of discrepancy exists in that process. I go through it every month. There's mm -hmm. certain bills mm -hmm. that I cannot pay with a fingerprint scan and, pushing a button. Yeah. And there's, there's bills that you get in the mail, right? So mm -hmm. the bill you get in the mail, if you look at that in terms of like uh, a, I'm saying like a lot, I'm realizing um, if you look at those bills that you get in the mail, you, maybe you expected to get that bill. Maybe 
property uh, taxes, right? You expect mm -hmm. that to get in the mail, but uh, to you, your steps is your steps might be I get the I get the mail, mm -hmm. I pay the bill, or I open it, I call, I pay the bill. But the reality is, you walk, you know, thirty or forty steps to the mailbox. Yep. You pick up the bill. You walk back. So that would be something maybe that you could look at this week, or that would be a good thing this week to look at. What is your process for, for paying those bills? The and what does thing. that actually look like? Yeah. yeah. On yeah, paper, it looks process? as simple as like call the person, pay the <laughs> bill. Simple. But from yeah. beginning to end. Ooh, and how long does point, it take? And yes. The movement and, from the yeah. point that you think about doing that until it's finished. What happens? Ooh, and the decision. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the no, decision okay. of. Of do you have money in the bank? Yeah, you have to check. Right? That oh, I got the bill. Now you have to make a decision. Do I pay the bill right now? Mm -hmm. Well, we're kind of doing the exercise for you. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I got so excited about it. Um, so hopefully you can go out this week and look for a process like that. That's an easy one. Maybe paying a bill uh, mm -hmm. or doing the dishes or something else simple like that, that you think is pretty high level. Like if you did a high level process map, you could get down to those five steps and that happy path pretty easily. But as you look at it for improvement, you can start to see uh, all of those little things start to add up. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Amanda. That was really Thank good. Thank you, Dominic. All right. I'll see you next time. So Dominic, uh, how do we kind of wrap this up? We should all go out and find the fun of being within a process. And let's just see if we can make things a little bit better. Thank you.